Welcome to Sales Velocity TV, where we pull back the curtain on how the top businesses in the world sell more with less resistance. Bringing over 50 plus years of combined sales experience and over 100 million in revenue generated, please welcome the hosts of Sales Velocity TV and two incredibly entertaining gentlemen, Andrew Cass and Aaron Parkinson. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sales Velocity TV. Maybe your first episode. We're digging down deep today on what we consider to be the three pillars of every top sales machine in existence, bar none. It's going to be a great topic. Actually, Aaron, what we're doing today is we're sort of taking a couple pieces of the playbook from my best-selling book, Sales Velocity, which was a bestseller back in 2000. 17. It's now due for a, an upgrade for 2022, maybe the end of 2021. There's going to be a Sales Velocity 2.0. I wonder where we got the name of the show from. Uh, I think it's just a coincidence. <laughs> so anyways, we're doing the three pillars today, which stem from the book. And uh, I love these because they compartmentalize your sales process when you break it into these three little verticals, if you will. And it gives you structure. It gives you structure, and structure always wins out. I feel like clarity and structure equals momentum, right? I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they were really having a hard time getting clear on the way they wanted to position an offer. And I said what I say to all of them, the more clear we get, the more momentum that we'll create, and ultimately, the more result you'll get. It's like, a, it's like mathematics, right? Cl no clarity, fuzziness equals just slow, not sure second guessing, but clarity is like, boom, that's the velocity piece, right? So in sales velocity, if you really want to go deep and look at the difference between speed and velocity, velocity is speed at a very clear path. Speed is just speed, right? Well, and you mentioned the word machine, right? And, and I think that's always our goal when we're building stuff is to look at the process and keep optimizing it and refining it until it's just a machine, Yes, right? And, you know, where you just add more eyeballs and add more bodies for fulfillment and it's it, it, it nothing breaks and everything just works smoothly and you just it's just more in more out you know it's not this chaotic responsive reactive experience where everybody's got their hair on fire 24 7 it's it's just creating the machine the machine seems to be the key word listen you know. if you're watching the show or listening on the podcast and you don't love the idea or you're not into the idea of having a sales machine in operation inside the business is not the show for you. <laughs> this is not the show for and, you. And, because and, we use these you big... You don't know what you're talking about. Right. We use these hyperbolic words like machine, right? And, and, and you know, many others that you can look throughout the title of the show because, you know, if you... you, you this isn't a slow process. When you get this right, it's got to be about speed and scale, right? Nobody wants to go slow. Nobody wants to grow gingerly. When you get this start, we've talked sales funnels, we talk traffic, we talk process. When you get all this right, everything moves faster. And I think if anything, that's why I named the book Sales Velocity, because again, speed at a speed down a clear path, not just speed for the sake of speed in a million different directions, right? Velocity is like organized speed, if you will. Right. And everybody wants organized speed, not just speed in a million different directions, because then your company's sort of like everyone's running around with a, like a chicken with their head cut off. We want to give you speed principles that send you down very clear paths so you can see exactly what's going wrong, exactly what's going right. You can change, tweak, modify, optimize, and grow. And that's what we're going to talk about here today, these three pillars. 
Sound good, buddy? I'm ecstatic. You know, I mean, at the time of this recording, it is now October 1st, the very first day of the fourth quarter of 2021. So starting off, I always like to challenge folks to look back and say, hey, how did we perform in the third quarter? What, were, what was our revenue? How many leads did we bring in? What was our conversion rate? Like analyze the whole thing. How did we do in the third calendar quarter of 2021? And what needs to change and what doesn't? This is one of those times where maybe you take a half a day or a day and you just break down everything that took place from a production standpoint in your business over the last 90 days. And then what that will allow you to do is dictate how you want to go about the next 90 days to close out the year. So we can talk a little bit about the planning piece here today as well. I know you are also a big believer of that. I think psychologically too, which you have to remember is that we're going into the biggest buying season of the year, right? And there's not a close second. Because of the holidays, right? Because of the holidays, right? People are, and it's not just gifts. You know, when people are in that, when they're in that, um, state of mind, it's a, it's an overarching state of mind. I see all of our industries kill it in the fourth quarter that we market towards because people they're out, you know, now that all the COVID restrictions are lifting, people are out, they're visiting others. They want to be close. They want to, you know, they're spending money on gifts. They, they're in that buying process. You know, they're in the, that, that spirit of giving, they're in that spirit of, of enjoying their own life and, and meeting with friends and meeting with family and, and this is the time where, you know, especially in in the, um, you know, the e-commerce world, for course, example, yeah. um, a lot of companies, they, they're, they don't even make profit till this quarter. Like they're just they're just treading water. It's like their Super Bowl coming up, right? Waiting for this quarter. And then all the profit is made in this quarter. Right. So it's a great opportunity, like you said, to just have a look at what you've done up to this point what your plan is to close out the year strong. And then, you know, most people, they say, I always say Americans, at least from Thanksgiving to January 4th, pretty much shut their brain off. Um, You know, they buy, they buy stuff and they visit with people. And so we want to capitalize on the buy stuff. part. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, we got to disagree with you to a slight degree on the COVID restrictions are lifted everywhere because God, I feel bad for certain parts of the world where that is not the case. And man, that's going to cripple their fourth quarter, right? We talked to, you know, Australia, New Zealand comes to mind for me. And it's just, it's painful to watch that this is, that they're going 360 degrees. And that's, that's, that's going to put well, some limitations on finishing the year strong, right? The key word that I said is starting to lift. Starting. Hey, listen, most, some have, most have completely. Even, right? even, even Australia, which has been like literally the Gestapo for the last six months. What is happening? Shooting their own people with rubber bullets. I mean, uh, it's just nuts. They put out an announcement today. I don't know if you saw it in the in the news that they're going to lift travel bans um, starting today. So clearly, the pushback from their own people. Good to see. Is starting to, like I said, COVID restrictions are lifting. Yes. Not everywhere is Florida like you, where you've got you know a, a governor that's that has a brain and has been you, ahead you, of. Wait, this. you mean you mean a governor that actually is upholding the Constitution of the United States? Is that what you meant to say? I could say a whole he's, bunch of things. <laughs> he's he's one of about four or five nationwide out of the fifty-one states. You're not American, so I have to like educate you a little bit along the way. But I know you know about oh, no. America. I watch it. You're a Canadian now, Cayman. But listen, we got fifty-one states, and frankly, five or six governors are actually upholding the Constitution of the United States and honoring the medical rights and freedom of their residents. The horror. You would think they were 
killing someone's first, firstborn, Aaron, for doing this. It is just shocking. We as entrepreneurs were, you know, and I find this with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, they are freedom-oriented people. They value their freedom, I think, more than anyone else. And the reason I say that, and, and that's not always the case, is because you became an entrepreneur because freedom probably meant more to you than money. You wanted the freedom to be able to have your own schedule, be on your own agenda, live life on your terms. So when that gets challenged and it's something that you value deeply, you're even more insulted and even more driven to fight that. And that's why I think we see it more than any other because we work with entrepreneurs and business owners worldwide, by the way. And, 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 and just to finish that, that point before you jump in, I speak to a lot of Australian business owners and they uh, like they're at the boy. I've never seen people at boiling points like this. So, I I, I agree, and I think that um, as entrepreneurs, I don't know if, if if you would agree, but I certainly would put myself in that camp. One of the reasons that I became an entrepreneur is because I had a disdain for authority. Of course, I did, I did not like being told what to do, when to show up, That's right. what my job role was, how slow I should go. Hmm. How, how, what line I should tow. I was like, I want to, I want to go, I want to create, I want to build, I want to be outside the, the box. Right. 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 And so, um, I, I agree with you that I think, um, entrepreneurs as a class of people, um, typically are, are much more freedom, freedom oriented. No question. Listen, you and I both know, cause we've studied the psychology of business ownership and entrepreneurship for so long. It isn't just about knowing business owners. It's understanding the psychology of business owners. You know, I both know statistic after statistic, they are more driven by freedom than money. Freedom of time, time, freedom, time, freedom is the biggie, right? When you Mm -hmm. look back at why someone started a business, they were like, you know what? I wanted the time freedom to be able to do, to, to get to a point where I could call my own shots, make my own schedule, take a day off when I want and have the freedom to spend time with my family, do hobbies, travel, do other things. That's freedom. That's time freedom, but it's still freedom. Yeah, it was right. the old quote. I want to be able to do what I want with when whoever I, what I, I want, want, with who I want, how I, I want, want. Right, right. So when when somebody may, we'll, we'll we'll jump in in a minute here, folks. When somebody makes the argument against that, right? When somebody did I lose you, Aaron? You just went frozen. Ooh, that I was fr- weird. that was weird. I froze for a sec, but yeah, I was got you all back, my man. audio was fine. Yeah, that was like you went doot doot. Anyways, when oh, when that gets when somebody challenges them for wanting to maintain freedom of choice. And they get called like conspiracy theorists or they get called selfish or they get insulted because that's the way they feel. It's really it's disturbing to me because it's the fabric of why America was founded. People crawl over broken glass to get to America for freedom of choice. There is no argument there. So when, when, when a business owner or entrepreneur wants to fight for that and they're actually frowned upon for wanting to do so, demonized, shamed, it's disturbing as all hell for me as somebody who was born and raised in America. I know for you, you weren't. Canadian values tend to be a little bit different. Canadian, I think, has always been a little bit less democratic. I don't know, Aaron, maybe that's as of late. You, uh, you, uh, my dad used to always say that Canadians are farmers. They're just a bit more, um, I would say they're a little more socialist. Yeah, that's binary. what I was thinking. They're not, it's, not as, it's not as much of a democracy as America. Yeah, they, I always say that Canadians have a very long fuse, right? Um, Not a short fuse like us, a long fuse? Yeah, you guys have a very <laughs> short fuse. We have a very long fuse. That's why I wanted your opinion from a Canadian perspective. If you light the fuse, you know, if you look at world wars and so on and so forth, um, if you light the wrong fuse, we're the first one in. Um, but we'll let a lot of the little stuff 
just roll off our shoulders. We won't get involved, right? Yeah. So we've got a we've got a we've got longer. We're just a little bit more mellow. Um, you know, people used to say we're just Americans sitting up north with uh, access to all the cannabis. So we're just like a more <laughs> chilled out version. Of yeah, you guys. yeah. No, no, it's still North America at the end of the day, but they're having their challenges up there as well. We have a lot of good friends and entrepreneurs and business owners that are fighting the fight right now. Yep. And they're not fighting yep. a radical fight. They're not fighting a controversial fight. They're fighting a fight just for their rights, for their rights to choose and their and their, and their right to to have medical freedom of choice and their right to it's their right for travel liberty, accordingly. Right. I mean, they're not fighting for radical things. They're fighting for the things that most countries were founded upon, that most people just want to keep in place to maintain stability and honor the fact that at least our country was founded on freedom of choice. So yeah, and, and we could go. We could do a whole episode. We, we should do a whole this. episode. I'm, I'm like, I'm ready to vent on this whole topic. So can, a, I, can we a, can we make a point in the next couple of weeks that we're going to do an episode on something along the lines of freedom, freedom of business ownership, freedom of entrepreneurship. We can do whatever the hell we want. It's our show. That's true. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, we will. I'll come a, up with something. Great book, Andrew. Before we do that show, you read the book Empires. What's that? Have you ever read the book Empires? Empires? Empires. I've heard of it. I haven't read it, but I feel like I've heard of it. You we, you should read it before we do that show okay. because you can almost you can almost um, plan by the by by decade what will happen to an empire because it it repeats itself over and over. It's a great book showing like the Ottoman Empire, yep. and then the Roman Empire, and then the British Empire, and now it's the American Empire, and yep. the same things happen every time. Is you know the the, the the smart people come in, they lay the foundation, they do all the work, and then the government ends up coming in and raising the taxes, and it's more taxes and more they taxes. They like to and- fiddle with it, right, Aaron? They like to fiddle with it. Yeah, and it's less liberty and less liberty and less liberty and more control and more control. And then less eventually sovereignty. what ends up happening is all the smart people just leave, and they go somewhere else, and they start over. And then what you've basically left with is an entire country filled with entitled morons and and then nobody's actually doing anything of value and then the whole thing collapses because there's nobody there actually producing anything for the economy anymore and then it has to all restart again and it's it's literally happened in you every just empire. you just textbook laid out pretty much what's going on in 2021 in America under this current new administration they're pushing a a socialist dare i say slash communist agenda that has attributes of what I said, socialist communists. It has attributes of those regimes that frankly have never stood the test of time. And the ones that are in place around the world today, the citizens are very suppressed, lack of freedom and not a lot of opportunity. And that just kind of goes against everything that it's happening in Canada too. It, it's it's definitely happening in Canada. I mean, we, we have good friends up there that are, that are fighting the fight and I love seeing it. But there are people that are pushing back against it, and either it will push back or it will go too far beyond the brink. And then it, it all all that ends up happening is the the people who value freedom and value capitalism and value you know the things that are in all of the original constitutions they just leave, right? And then yeah, that's not the outcome it, I think anybody wants, or is it the outcome maybe it is, that that, that it isn't want. the outcome that anybody wants? But it's the it's the inevitability. Like if you look at the the British Empire, wow, we're going off on a weird tangent today. If you look at the British. <laughs> empire right you had all of these um people that wanted freedom they wanted choice they wanted the ability to to feed their families and start businesses and all that stuff and it it just it didn't exist so what did they do right they came to america 
right? America was founded primarily by, you know, the, the, the freedom, the freedom, the people desiring freedom from the UK, you know, a big yeah. proportion of that was the Irish, sure. um, you know, and, uh, and, and they basically said, Hey, like, we're gonna, we're gonna redo this whole thing. So, so we don't get stuck in the same issues that the UK had as their empire was falling. Yep. Right. And now you can see the amount of government control, the amount of taxation, the, 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 the stripping of basic liberties, all these are the same things that happened in the Roman empire. They happened in the Ottoman empire. They happened in the British empire. They're not happening in the American empire. It's almost like clockwork. You can see it. And then all the, you know, why do you, why do you think I went and moved to Cayman? Right. Like you look like a genius now. I mean, Canada suffering. You got out of there two years ago. Well, let me give you an example that I didn't, I don't think I told you about this the other day. Canada just announced a plan to create new taxation called top tier. So if you make above $200,000 a year, you're now considered top tier and your personal income tax is 53%. Just happened in America, Aaron. 400,000 is a number. Yeah, 200 yeah. in Canada. 400 in America. Right? So now all the people that are out there risking, hiring, you know, producing, um, driving the economy, because you got to remember the, 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 the government doesn't produce anything. The government only can take. They can't right. actually produce. Exactly. Right? This is what kills so, me, by the way, when I see people rushing to the defense of these government measures. It's like, are you okay when you <laughs> rush to the defense of these measures because your political affiliation is so much more important than what's right? It's insane yeah, to me. Like, I know that I got a really, really, really mentally when, unstable person on my hands. When people start supporting bad ideas just because their team came up with it. Yeah, like get over it. it. Like stop being like bought and sold by your political party and just like let's focus on what's right for our next generation children. That's how I look at it. Yep. Yeah, I mean I, I moved here. Um, they're very pro, pro-business like a lot of the small islands are. Um, it's booming. It's free. Uh, money's flowing easily because there's there in this island there's no taxation of any type so it's just flowing into the economy you know and we're good right and and you got to remember like just from that one small that, that one small point right america was the single biggest producer on the planet of hard goods until the american government temporarily introduced income tax remember it was a temporary measure for the war. Isn't that a key word right now, by the way, buddy? I'm glad you brought it up. It's always things, a temporary Things measure. always Everything start always off temporary. as temporary to ease the introduction to it. Big lesson <laughs> here. And then all of a sudden, why is this no longer temporary? It's permanent now. That wasn't the game plan. That wasn't the message. Fascinating. Fascinating. The word temporary gets used a lot in, in governments of all countries. Uh -huh. right? And so the moment that 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 got instituted, what ended up happening is the business owners started to see their profits dwindle, 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 dwindle. And then what ended up happening is they ended up um, sending their their manufacturing to countries that, you know, they were able to, you know, sustain their business at a deeper level. And now you've got something like 70% of stuff in the world being made in China. There, you just nailed it. Right? You just took the words out of my mouth. That was a temporary play too, right? That was temporary play, I right? Think. I'm sure it's going to come back. I'm sure we're going to get back on, you know, back in the, the beautiful days of the auto revolution in the United States and all that kind of stuff, like they were a production juggernaut. Like the, they were the, they were the, the symbol of freedom and economic power and, you know, moral 
you know, fortitude and all that stuff. And it's just the more temporary measures get put in place, it just chips away and chips away and chips away. You want to wow, change the name? Do you do. want to? This do has want, nothing to do with our usual. Topic, do you, hold on, but, but here's the thing. Do you want to change the name of the episode now? Because it's not. <laughs> it's it's live now. It's about to be reproduced to make all the radio podcast platforms. It's not too late to change the title and keep going. I'm just saying. We could change I, I, it to what, like. What would we change it to? What would we change? <laughs> that's it? the thing. I have to think about that. We we put a lot of, a lot of thought into the themes and titles of our Here's show. Andrew it would have Branson to be like like de- deconstructing the freedom. Uh, I don't know. It'd be like like how to fight for your freedom as a business owner. I don't know. Maybe we could uh, like we're already we're already like halfway <laughs> down the, the 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 tunnel at this point. I don't know if we can pull a reverse and get back on track to where we were. Right. We don't and have to, it, man. I'm gonna tell my. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to tell my, I'm going to tell our social media podcast show producer. So I know we advertise the show as the three pillars of all successful or all top sales machines. We will just, we, we, we got the episode. I mean, we'll do that some other time. The path we ended up down here, folks, and we apologize for pivoting, but sometimes, you know, you just need a little bit of a jolt. Here's the thing, Aaron. I think a lot of people today, just to stay on this topic, they don't even recognize what we're talking about. Because they're so busy in their business with their life, like they're, they're, they're really Fair. not seeing. And I think this is really a good place to stay here since we're on a really important topic. Listen, if this was different times, we'd be maybe just wasting time. But because of some of the government measures that are being instituted or at least promoted at this point, depending on the country, you got to be very aware of what's going on because it dramatically will, without question, affect your future, but I don't care about my future. Everything I do is for my seven and 10 year old. I know you feel the same way as me. When I look at something and I fight for something and I'm vocal on social media about something, it has nothing to do with my ego. It has everything to do with a bad direction unfolding that we need to make others aware of. To me, I think it's duty, it's, it's messaging as entrepreneurs and business owners and thought leaders and leaders. When you stay quiet and you're, you're, you're kind of naive and, and, and negligent in week around the topic, I don't, I don't like that about you. And I'm not saying you, Aaron. I'm talking about somebody who just chooses to be quiet. I don't love that about somebody. Somebody who chooses to be quiet because they like to play it safe and, and kind of be in a comfortable environment. When we're going through some rapid change and you have a voice in a platform, you best use it because I see professional athletes using it. I see entertainers using it. And I'm seeing some big business owners and thought leaders and, and personalities using it, but not enough. Well, and the, and the thing is, is that there's, and, and I don't want to get into one specific topic right now, is there's a divide on opinion on a lot of things. Sure there is. In the world right now. And, and the problem is, is that um, what I've seen over the last decade is rather than wanting to have educated conversations back and forth, listening to each side's opinions on the matter. Yep. Yep. Right. And have a debate on it. Sure. It's, it's, it's evolved. And I think a lot of it because it's, it's, it's media driven because it sells more clicks to just create this divide and have one side versus the other. Like yeah. the, the, this is the enemy and this is the, you know, these are the freedom fighters. Right. Right. And right. the reality is, and, and, and we'll, like, I'll give you an example, right? I'm not American. Right. So I didn't grow up with guns. There was no guns in my house because they're illegal in Canada. Right. I can sit down and have a conversation with Americans about guns and I can say, um, I see both sides. 
right? If guns are more readily available in America, I'm with you as an American, by the way. Yeah, and and some 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 are like like you you're you're intelligent enough to have a conversation, right? Is there's a there's a there's an increasing um, amount of young males primarily in America that have uh, mental health issues um, created by a multitude of different things, big pharma, yeah, um, of course, too much isolation, too much too much gaming, you know, not enough exercise, probably sure. food issues as well. All of the above. Um, there's a whole bunch of them like playing in, right? And then, you know, because guns are so readily available in the United States, right? When they snap, they're coming armed to the teeth. Yeah, not, wherever not, they want. not a good recipe, I agree. No, and they're able to kill a whole bunch of people, right? Um, that doesn't happen as often. Um, and when I say as often, I mean like, one hundredth as often in countries like Australia and Canada because there's no there's the access isn't there right. Um, the other side is when you see people chipping, you see these agendas of corporations and individuals and countries and chipping away at people's freedoms, mm. right? Chipping then, away, chipping away. I like that phrase, chip, because it's all very little and subtle and doesn't feel that bad at first. It's, it's chipping it's, it's away. It's a lot of things where, where you let that It's not hammering away. It's chipping away. Yeah, it's like that analogy of boiling the frog, right? Just one degree at a That's time right. and the frog doesn't realize it's being cooked. Is is when the, the one thing that I feel like is the last straw that keeps America America is the fact that the majority of its civilians are armed. That so is a hundred percent true knows, you know, the government knows they can only push it so far. They don't want civil war with armed people. Right. That's, and it can happen. It, it's right? it's going it happen to happen in my view, unfortunately. Right. And nobody wants that. Nobody wants no, that. like nobody wants that. War is either side. They don't want that, man. No, no way. that's it's a it's an awful, disgusting, miserable thing. Right? right. But the threat is often more important than the action. Right. Right. Is they they could. Right. So they can only get pushed so far. Right. So I actually my point is that I understand both sides. Mm -hmm. I also understand both sides of people choosing to be you know, vaxxed and choosing not to be vaxxed and like there's yeah. no right or wrong. That's right. right. Listen, what? anybody that takes a right or wrong stance just on those two issues you brought up, let's take the gun thing and let's take the vaccine thing, two very hot topics. When someone yeah. takes a radical stance on both sides, I know I got a broken person. There's nothing to talk to that person about because they cannot objectively see rational, intelligent communication. They, they don't have it. Right. Right. They don't, and, and they the don't think you talk like, about I'm, it. I'm, I'm dealing with it right now in Cayman where, you know, they made the decision to lock the entire island down um, during COVID. And it actually panned out really well for us because everything was open. There was no mass. There was no social distancing. I felt really, really But they grateful. just didn't let people in is what you're saying. They basically didn't let really people in or out. They kind of closed off the whole place. And and so we we were really never locked down for the last year and a half, right? Yeah. But then they made the decision to... Um, open everything back up October 15th and is, this is the new normal and we've, we've had time to prepare and so on and so forth. And then now they've made the decision because there was a little outbreak that they're no longer opening at October 15th, Ooh, right? Ooh, sorry to hear that, man. Jeez, that's not good. Yeah, which is very frustrating for um, the people that are in the tourism and travel side of How much of more the damage can be inflicted upon this poor hospitality service-based yeah, industry? they're just getting ruined, right? Yeah. And, and, I, and I feel like even though I was not on the side of 
their decision because I've always taken the stance that I think we should have just opened everything up and let it rip and let the body's immunity system do what it could. And I looked at the math and whatever. What a, what a, I can what understand. A, what a shocking novel thought that is. Well, that's how, just my how dare you? How dare you? How dare you be a cowboy like that and let people's immune systems actually do what they're supposed to do? How but dare I, you? But I understand people's fear, and I don't. I'm not out to make them wrong. That was just my opinion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way, that was the, also I, the opinion of countries that are now fully open with no issues, such as Norway, such as Sweden, such as you know some of the smaller tier Eastern European countries that are doing perfectly fine because they didn't take extreme measures. They played the middle. It's always in the middle. They played the middle. Sure. You know, and, and, and I act, but my point was, is that I actually respected that the, the government took like a hard stance and said, we're going to close. And then we're just going to wait and see what happens for a year. And, and as a result, people had a good life for a year, right? There was no social distancing. There was no mass now based on the math that we're seeing and we're, and we're seeing stadiums full in the NFL uh, yeah. or even seeing, uh, you know, today the news is announcing that, that, that Delta variant is easing off and, you know, all of these different Thing, all the statistics that the number just keeps getting like bigger and bigger and bigger. You know what I mean? It's like it was 90%. Now it's 99. Then it was then now it's 99.76. And like the math suggests science and math suggests, you know, it's time to, to get on with it. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't agree with lockdown. I, I never agreed with lockdowns, but I respected the, the decision because your government, you don't want people to die. You're on the, like, I respected it. Right now, I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah, I, listen, I'm Science. with you, man. I respected the decision early on. But like you said, when temporary became, I don't know, permanent in some cases, we're 17 months later, that like I'm a big believer in everybody teaming up and taking a mulligan maybe for the first 90 days. But at that point, you got to you can't government officials and in and, 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 and elected politicians can't dictate public health measures. It's, it's always a disconnect, right? I know we've had some health officials in there. The CDC's been in there. The WHO's been in there. But these are generally organizations that have not been consistent or congruent with their messaging or their research for a long time now. In fact, the WHO itself, which is the, the World Health Organization, the biggest of all, the WHO itself said in March of 2020, Aaron, I don't know if I told you this. I, I, I collect all of this and I save it because... You know, there's a path here. In 20, March of 2020, we were like a week or two away from shutting the society down because like everybody knew there was some COVID-19 thing out of China, right? Yep. And the WHO said at this time, this was March 19th or February something. I think it was February actually. In February of 2020, at this time, our research indicates that the COVID-19 virus has no risk of human to human transmission. This is the WHO one month before lockdowns. How could you get that so wrong? And how could I then put faith in you and what you deliver from a scientific research standpoint from here on out? That is the that was the greatest misstep of all. Most people most people don't know that, and frankly, gets buried by the radical media. But holy shit! One month before yeah. lockdowns, no human to human transmission. Oh, yeah, it's I have it. It's on their website. I have it. it it's tough to see. Wow waffling back and forth. Yeah, yeah, the flip-flopping's killer. For me, I, I, I always just come back to the same thing, which is freedom. And yep. and yep. so are we on here to just vent and complain today? No, as a business owner, and, and more importantly, as somebody who lives in a democracy, right, whether it's Cayman 
whether it's Canada, whether it's the United States, whether it's UK, Australia, New Zealand, it could go on and on and on, right? The great thing is that we all still live in a democracy, right? So if you want everything shut down, awesome, you got to vote. If you don't want everything shut down, awesome, you got to vote. The people that are in power are in power because you put them there. So you just have to make sure that you're continuing regardless of what your opinion is, regardless of what your stance is, to exercise your power. And remember, at the end of the day, these people are not your parents. They don't control you. They're not mommy and daddy. They're employees that work for you. You put them in power. You pay their salaries. They're not entrepreneurs. They work for you. So and hold they, them accountable. And listen, they are not your friends in most cases. They often are not looking out for your best interest. I hate to break it to you. Governments, since the beginning of time, their number one priority and objective is control, not compassion. They weren't put in office for compassion. They were put in office because the more control they can get, the more successful they can be with their parties and their careers. If you fight that fact, you'll fight everything. You'll, you'll fight everything and win nothing. It's at the end of the day, they still work for us. So they don't like the way well it's said. going. Be vocal well said. for it. Well said. Be vocal about it, right? Yeah. You, you, there's a, a Michael Strahan. You know Michael Strahan yeah. is one of my favorite um, NFL guys of all time. Giants. Giants, right? Hall of Famer. Um, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he is yet, actually. I don't know um, if he is yet. I don't think he's had his five years yet, to be honest. Yeah, it might be too soon. Yeah. Uh, he will be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he no will question. be for sure. Yeah, great player. Um, he had a quote the other day that I loved. He, 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 he said, in his house, you're not allowed to complain about something unless you can follow it up with what you're going to do about it. Fair. Which I was like, that's a good, that's a good rule, right? So we've, we've instituted that in my house with my own kids when they come in and they say, oh, my teacher, blah, 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 blah. They didn't teach us properly and then gave us this crazy test and we didn't, nobody got a good grade. Okay, so what are you going to do about it? Right. And if they're like, well, I'm just, I'm just, no, 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 no. You can't just come in and vent. You're not allowed you to complain. Got to vent with a solution, right? Right. You're not allowed to complain unless you're going to tell us what you're going to do about it. Mm -hmm. Right. So now they have to go to the teacher. They have to, they have to explain why they're frustrated. They have to ask for a redo. They have, you know, they have to back it up. Right. So you've got all of these chicken heads running around in, 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 in society right now. Wah, 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 wah. Great. What are you doing about it? Tell me what you're doing about it. Right? I don't complain unless I'm going to do something about it. Right? It, that, that's, it's probably one of the simplest ideologies you could have. Yeah, it is. It. It's simple. And, and I agree with you on the complaining piece. But I also believe there's a vocal piece that maybe can come across as complaining. But it's the vocalness. It's the, it's the resistance that you're seeing on Australia as an example. I mean, they're doing something about right. it in that example, right? Sure. Is is the sitting back and thinking everything is going to be just fine? That complacency concerns me with many. Yeah, it's I'm not, not a complaint thing, Aaron. It's more of a no, no, no. Let me let me let me clarify. When I see people going out and drawing awareness to things, right, you know, whether it's right. through social, whether it's going to the streets, whether it, it's whether it's a show like this. I mean, there's there's show people like who's in who, meetings. Right. Yeah. Like whatever the case, wherever your your platform you choose to have it is. Right. That's not complaining in my mind. 
What I'm talking about is small-minded people who get together and wham, 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 and they're knitting circle. And they do nothing about it, right, like you said. And they do nothing about yeah, it. I agree. Right? So, um, yeah, it, 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 it's just, first I think it's just about awareness. Like, one, you have to become aware of, in any country, the freedoms they start chipping away at. Yes. And you have to realize that these compound eventually, right? And there's a quote by um, – I think it was, was it Washington? Like somebody who's willing to give up freedom for safety doesn't deserve doesn't, either does, one of them. It was Ben Franklin actually. Was it Ben Franklin? And I'm seeing this floating around the internet a lot these days because it's so relevant today. Because people right. are willing to give away so much right now for something that, I mean, you know, really this is all surrounding COVID for something that really, I mean, at the end of the day, not to veer off on this, but I've, I've probably spent over a hundred hours of my own time researching the COVID-19 virus, the immune system, the reaction to it, who it affects most. And last I checked, man, and this is public information, two things. Number one, 82 or 83% of all hospitalizations are people who are obese. The next 12% are people over 77. So we're talking about a virus that gives that, that has a complication rate of like 2% to the general relatively healthy human being and for all these measures, it's really dramatically affected two demographics. This is worldwide, by the way. The obese and inflamed. Obese and inflamed kind of go hand in hand. Inflamed meaning like pre-existing conditions, diabetes, cancer, things like right. that, right? Existing respiratory diseases. You take the obese, the inflamed, and the elderly. Those are the big three. And now we're like 99% of complications with COVID fall within that. But that's never been communicated. So when we well, talk and, about and chipping so, away, and before, and, and, and before we get a whole bunch of hate mail from you obese can send all the hate mail you want. I'm stating fact. See, listen. One of the things I'm careful with, Aaron, when I get my voice out there, is I don't really like to play with opinions too much because opinions just tend to get you in trouble. If I'm going to well, voice my opinion, I actually will do it with fact because opinions are a waste of time to me. I don't want to have an opinion. I want to share a fact and I want to build off that. All I want to say is before we get a whole bunch of hate mail. From obese and elderly people saying, no so disrespect. what, our, our, our lives don't matter? No, no, no. Let's close not, the loop on Not that. at all what was said, but yes. Those same two groups are the most susceptible to everything. Everything. Right? Everything. Susceptible to everything. Three groups, by the way. Right? So what we're, what we're basically saying is we're going to lock down the entire world because something came along that- That ravaged of, those three audiences, Aaron. A lot, that that is no different than the flu or a gazillion other things when it comes to impacting those key audiences. You might get some hate mail on that flu thing. Are most susceptible yeah. to everything. You might get some hate mail on that flu thing. People don't like comparing COVID to the flu. But here's the thing: this is fact. I'm saying there's people die from things I every know, day. A million different complications, and the same core groups are the most susceptible. The people 100%. who don't take care of their body and the elderly. It, it's just the way that it is. And here's the fact on what you just said. Here's what a lot of people don't know: is the flu, the common cold, COVID-19, the, the recently SARS disease that hit, those are all coronaviruses. COVID-19 isn't the only coronavirus. This is the disconnect that, that has come from the so-called experts is they're all coronaviruses, all of them. COVID-19 just was way more contagious than like a seasonal flu or way more contagious than a common cold, right? So it's more serious for sure. But a coronavirus is a coronavirus is a coronavirus, and they tend to get dealt with the same way. Most important, they always ravage the same three. 
they ravage the obese, they ravage the inflamed pre-existing conditions, and they ravage the elderly. That's all that's happened here, but it happened way more because it was so much more contagious. But the yeah, same, and, and, but the and, same and statistics, met, Aaron, I, didn't change. It was the same and, bad flu coming in. It was just a bad COVID flu coming in, right? And, and I've talked to a lot of people who've had it, um, and some people didn't feel it at all, and some people got really messed up. Exactly. Like you and I have yeah. got some close friends where they got really messed up. So I'm not here to say it's not worse than a normal flu. I, I have people who told me it's exponentially worse. Yeah, no doubt. Right? And and you're here saying, yeah, it spreads way easier. Okay, agreed, 100%. But at the end of the day, when you look at the math and you look at the precautions we've taken, more importantly, the freedoms that we've given away because of it, what's the outcome of destroying the economy for that's two years? exactly it, man. What's the sickness and disease and illness that's going to come from the stress that that created? What is the mental health challenge? You know, what are the percentages of suicides and other things that are going to go up? They're all through the roof as we speak, by the way. Right? Like you have to, you have to take a step back and use logic and understand that every, every action has a reaction and whether you agree with us or not is not my point, right? You're welcome to disagree, and, and I'm not going to judge you for disagreeing. I'm just saying if you agree, then you have to remember that, the, that we're still in a democracy. You still have a voice. These people work for you, not the other way around. Go be vocal about it. Yep, I agree totally, man. I agree totally. But hey, listen, at the end of the day, you're right. The collateral – I've always said – from I've said – this was controversial when I said it back in, and I know when I said it, it was July of 2020, as this thing was four or five months in. I said, there is not a COVID-19 problem. And it was like, what? I was like, no, 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 COVID-19 exists. Nobody's saying it doesn't. We have the sickest, fattest, most inflamed, I say nation in America, because by far America is the worst. But it's not much better in other parts of the world because when, when America, when the Western diet was introduced to Japan, China, Korea, Australia, New Zealand. What do I mean by the American diet? McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Burger King, Wendy's. When all of that fake processed food was in China, when it was all introduced into the other societies and they loved it. I mean, who doesn't love it, right? You eat it up like it's candy, right? Oh, that perfect this is, combination. This is salt and sugar. Yeah. Oh, and the sugar is through the roof, right? Like when we introduced the processed fast food world to these other cultures around the world only about 20 years ago, their health started failing as well. But we had a big jump start on them and the health of Americans or North Americans, I should say, failed way worse. And as I said in July of 2020, and I said this alongside some really, really credible doctors, Dr. Hyman and Dr. Gundry come to mind, Cleveland Clinic physicians, Aaron, not trolls on the internet. Who said the same thing I said? Fake, I was saying it alongside them. Fake. These are real guys. They're medical doctors slash functional doctors. They said, "Why is no one talking about the fact that yes, this is a coronavirus strain? Yes, it's here. Yes, it exists. It definitely is more contagious and a little bit more, I guess, freely moving than the others." But the problem is inflammation, obesity, and a very elderly population that this is attached to like a magnet. And it has created this perception that cancer is floating around affecting everybody. And it's not. It is not the case. There's nobody that can disagree. I'm not stating opinion any longer in this show, at least at this moment. I'm stating fact. That is the fact. If we were a healthy, robust, 
low in flame, low cancer, low diabetes nation. By the way, a lot of these diseases didn't exist 50 years ago, right? This would not have ravaged the nation like it has or no, ravaged, look, or ravaged other parts of the world like it has. It just go wouldn't look, have. Go look at the death rate of healthy people. When was the last time you heard of a bodybuilder or a world-class athlete hooked up to a respirator? Again, no disrespect. Bill Phillips, Bill Phillips is the let only Let me tell one. you something. I, you know that I – now, you know that I didn't let that sit. So this, I'm glad you're bringing this up. But there's always going to be outliers. Well, hold on a second. This isn't an no, outlier. No, don't, go down that, don't go down that path. No, no, no. No path. I did the research. Bill Phillips was extremely sick and compromised when he got a very bad case of COVID and almost died. Bill Phillips, okay. by the way, right. great guy. He was the creator of Body for Life, best-selling book of the 90s, big challenge, Body for Life challenge. And then he founded EAS, um, protein company, EAS, Myoplex, Eoplex. Was it Metrics, Myoplex? Yeah, e I think EAS. it was Metrics and, and sold it. And sold experimental it. Applied Sciences or some EAS. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very metabolically compromised, by the way, at the time that he got COVID and got COVID very bad. Very metabolically compromised. Okay, okay. so not, not just some random healthy dude. And by the way, it happens, but not much. There's always going to be so exceptions he, but, for the rule. But he would, have been he would have been compromised by anything that hit his system at that point. 100%. Of course, COVID was, COVID was a, a little bit more of a faster acting, quicker traveling, more mutating, right? More contagious coronavirus at the time, COVID-19. So it hit him pretty hard. And I know some, some really fit people that it hit pretty hard, but they dealt with it the way they were supposed to deal with it. Their bodies dealt with it. It dealt with it fine. I'll give you my wife as an example. My wife got COVID in January of 2021 this year. She went to Peru. She definitely got it traveling. I told her not to go. She didn't listen, right? And she didn't follow my nutrition protocol when she went, which absolutely, positively, without question, she would not have got it if she did. That is fact, okay? And she didn't, so she got it. But she had a fever for a day, and she was fine. And I never left the, the apartment, and I never even left the bed because I understood how to defend against it. But I'm not the norm. I'm not the norm. I'm doing this 20 years. I understand how to biohack the body. I understand advanced nutrition, metabolic health. I understand radical um, nutrition protocols that do the same thing as some of the medicines out there as far as from an anti-respiratory standpoint. But I'm not the norm. I'm in like the 1%. I, you know, I, hormone treatments, peptide treatments, ozone treatments, red light therapy, sauna, steam, glutathione pushes. Nobody would even, it, it's tiring to talk about the stuff that I do. So I'm not surprised for me. But she was in very good metabolic condition. Therefore, COVID was in and out of her body in about a day or two. She had a fever for a couple of days. I think she had a fever for a day, like I said, and she lost taste for like two days. But she never like was in tough shape. Yeah, it's all. like you're like let's, Joe Rogan. Let's talk about Joe Rogan. So Joe Rogan has – this is the biggest podcast in the world by far. You know Joe Rogan because you're a fighter. He was a fighter. Yeah. By the way, how did that podcast get so big? He's, he was just like he an was, MMA guy. He was one of the first. He was just, you know, he's just he in was the one game of the longest. And, you know, he had a, you know, he had an audience from being the announcer all the time. Man, that show's huge. UFC, and he talked about really weird, controversial topics. But listen, the, if the Joe Rogan experience is it called, or is it just the Joe Rogan yep. podcast now? So the it's, if you don't know who well, Joe Rogan is, JRE, it may have changed. But. Yeah, the Joe Rogan podcast is the biggest podcast on the planet Earth by far. There isn't even a close second. It's huge. Joe Rogan got COVID. Joe Rogan was like, you know what? I'm not taking an emergency medication. It's just my stance, just his opinion. He was an athlete. He felt like he was in pretty good, good, good shape. Got COVID on like a Friday, and by Monday night, it was gone. And all he did was some aggressive natural therapies, a couple, a couple medicinal protocols that are not for COVID-19, but demonstrate 
really positive antiviral effect. So they were which were prescribed, which were which prescribed, were prescribed by, by doctors, but they're immediately invalidated by the media and big pharma because they're not for COVID nineteen. Just because they're not for COVID nineteen doesn't mean they don't work. Case in point, from a natural perspective, vitamin D is not for COVID-19, but I have 19 scientific studies that show if your vitamin D levels are above a certain point in your body, you almost eliminate the chance of what's called um, a cytokine storm in the body, which is what COVID is. Vitamin D, not vitamin D was never built for yeah, COVID-19. I, take, I, take, I don't know about you, but I've been taking 4,000 IUs a day for almost a decade. You can double that. I'm at 10,000. Right. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Like, but, 100%. but if there's a study, if anybody ever wants to look at it, there's a study that was shown that 4,000 IUs a day took down your chance of getting the flu by about 40%. Go look at 100, it. I have I'm, 19 I'm, studies in physical form offline. Flu. Yeah. Go back and it's not me. Go Google yeah. it. Yeah. Right? It yeah. was one of the most comprehensive studies I've ever seen. And I saw it 10 years ago and I said, well, I'm going to start taking 4,000 IUs a day of vitamin right. D then. But, but here's the scary thing, Aaron, looping back to the, to the, to the reason for the show, chipping away at freedom. If they cared so much, big pharma, big media, big politicians, big food, they wouldn't have invalidated something as simple as vitamin D pre-vaccine. They would have said, listen, while we're developing a medication that can save lives, here, are the this, 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 here, this, this. here is the list, Aaron. I got the list. By the way, folks, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I'm getting a little squirmy now, this is not opinion. Opinions to me are a waste of time. It is fact that your vitamin D levels at a certain level in your body, and this has to be done by a blood test. Don't you think because you pop a couple of cheesy vitamin C pills from CVS that you're good. You've got to check it in your blood. You got to do the work. You got to spend the money, right? But vitamin D is just one example, right? We could go, I could do a whole show on this about the natural protocols, but back to Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan took ivermectin, which was completely invalidated in the news because there's a version of ivermectin. Catch this. You want to talk about, you want to talk about how the media spins shit around? Ivermectin, there's a version of it for humans. It's an antiviral play. It does other things like ringworm and whatever, but it has antiviral properties. Yes, of course it wasn't developed for COVID-19. We know this, but it has antiviral life-saving properties, just like vitamin D does, Aaron, right? They immediately turned it into, and I don't know if you know this because you're a big Joe Rogan fan. They immediately turned it into, he was taking the horse paste but he wasn't taking oh, horse paste because Aaron, hold on, hold on. This is, you can't make this shit up. He was not taking the horse paste. He was taking the, the human version that won a Nobel Peace Prize in like 2008. And he was taking was a Mike, hold on, hold on, hold on. Won a Nobel Peace Prize for medicine. Hold on, this gets better. He was taking a micro dosage. And I know what the micro dosage is because I have the data on this offline as well. There's a micro dosage you can take that eliminates viral flare up that he took for two or three days and COVID was gone. So it was a combination of some natural medic uh, some natural stuff, um, a couple over-the-counter medications. I forget the name of the one that's like really good for allergies or whatever. There's like an antihistamine effect within it. So it was natural protocols, which at the end of the day is heavy vitamin C, heavy vitamin D, heavy zinc, heavy quercetin, right? It's called the Swiss protocol. In addition to an over-the-counter medication, the fourth piece was ivermectin for human beings, not the horse paste. They turned it into the horse paste on the media because they needed to invalidate it because the vaccine's the only freight train path here, right? It worked. He had COVID gone in two or three days. Now, at the time, it was ironic. The comparisons came in. Uh, what's his name? Oscar de la Hoya, fully vaccinated in that same weekend. This was ironic. Ends up in the hospital with a breakthrough case of COVID-19 while fully vaccinated on a respirator, I think. Very, very 
bad case of COVID vaccinated. So it was like, okay, here's Joe Rogan. Wanted to just take things into his own hands. He's an adult. If he wants to treat himself with his doctor, with certain medicines that have proven the test of time and some nutritional supplements, why should he be shamed and invalidated and completely written off? Well, that's what happened. Is that Joe Rogan's an owner in one of the biggest, most scientifically advanced supplement companies on the planet? You know that, right? Yeah. So he's probably done his research on 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 natural. That's his research on everything. Yeah, yeah. He goes deep. I feel like I'm the same way, right? I would have probably done the same thing. I actually would have done. I got rid of my wife's COVID in about 48 hours, but I did it with heavy glutathione IVs. That that for me is a go-to. I don't know if, if most people don't know what that is, but we do glutathione as the master antioxidant in the body. And we did a glutathione push. What we do is we're pushing as much antioxidant into the bloodstream and into the lungs as we can. And that's going to just completely condense time. Same with this ivermectin thing. It completely condensed time for Joe. But it wasn't the horse paste. It was the ones that humans take. And and and, and here's the la- – I'll leave it at this because I could go on for the, on this stuff forever – is just today announced, Aaron, you want to talk about, I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for, but the, the scariness of all of this is Merck just announced today. Sorry. Try to stay on your chair now. Try not to I fall saw. off the chair. Okay, stay, just maybe grab both sides with, with, with a right hand and a left hand because you're going to fall off the chair. They just announced that they now have an antiviral medication that they're now going to start using because it lowers hospitalizations by 50% if you take it within a couple days or a day within noticing that you te- within testing positive for COVID. Now, guess what's inside that antiviral medication? Oh, the I, same I, attributes I, as ivermectin. My respiratory tract is now under, under attack. I'm having a respiratory breakdown right now. They just rolled out a drug with the same properties as the thing they're invalidating over the last six months. It's like, holy shit, please, people. Again, looping back to the title of the show. This is about freedom, but it's just as, it's just as much about awareness as it is about freedom. All of awareness. these, like Aaron said, are thinking. chipping away at you and your sanity. If you believe everything at face value, you're absolutely insane. I'm going to leave with this, Aaron, because this is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful piece of advice on how to do research so that you understand how to make really smart decisions in life. Three things. You ready? Go listen to what the left-wing media is saying and go deep. Go listen to what the right-wing media is saying and go deep. Then go find the greatest conspiracy theories about the topic that you can and make your own decision. Because I'm going to tell you right now, it's dead square in the middle. You could have done it with 9/11. You could have done it with any. You could have done it with any world war. You could do it with the JFK assassination. You could do it with the COVID-19 thing. You could do it with the vaccine freight train. You could do it with any world event. And I'm telling you right now, you're going to land in the middle 99% of the time. This is this is for me, Aaron. The, I don't know where I got that advice from, but I never take anything at face value. I tell my kids too. You you don't take anything at face value. You question everything. And you research every single angle you can and make your own independent decision. And you never get bought and sold for. You never get bought and sold by a political party. You never make a decision because your political party that you support is telling you to do so. You do the independent research. You make your own decisions. But you got to have the courage. And you got to have the open-mindedness. And you got to shed the ego. Because when you go all the way to the left and you go all the way to the right 
And when you go down the path of the conspiracy theory, and then you come out of the thing all bloody and sweaty to make your own decision, it sometimes is tough to see some of the information. Right? Critical thinking isn't easy. Critical right? thinking isn't easy, and it takes courage. Yeah, it takes work. Right? It takes work, and it takes courage. And... I'm just going to go back to the same thing that we started with this morning and I'm going to leave it here for the day is, you know, I feel like a lot of people of the last year have felt powerless. Yeah. There's a lot of things that have made people feel powerless. And, and when you feel powerless, you feel afraid, right? Fear oh, this has it. been, this has been fear porn at its, at its, this is textbook fear porn. Absolutely. It's been really, really heightened for a year. Right. When you live in a democracy, you control who gets hired. They work for you. They're paid with your money. It's called taxes. And they must bend to your will. But if nobody holds them accountable for what they do, then they just get, a, get to run around like a bunch of unattended to children and do whatever they want. You're absolutely right. You're in control, not them. Here's what I would leave off with since we turned this into a freedom fighter episode today. <laughs> <laughs> Be on alert. You're a business owner and an entrepreneur and, and Aaron, you, you know this as well as anybody. And I see this with professional athletes a lot and big entertainers and CEOs. We are drivers. We get so into our business. Our heads get so into the business, right? We go so deep. We live it, right? It's in our DNA. But sometimes that doesn't allow you to see what's going on around you from a geopolitical standpoint, from an economic standpoint, from a public health crisis standpoint. You can't, you can't just pop on CNN for eight minutes or pop on Fox News for 10 minutes and think you got the news. You got a piece of the news and you also got, you got a, the news they wanted. You also to got a tilted political side of it in most cases exactly. as well, right? So you, 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 this affects your business, right? All of this affects your business. If you decide not to go down the paths that I mentioned going down here to learn about what's going on, when we're in a crisis, right, whether it was 9-11, whether it's now with COVID, right, whether it was the during the 2008 financial crisis, like when you're in a crisis, you've got to research as much about the origin of that crisis, what's happening now, how the crisis is being handled, and how it's going to affect your life and your business and your family and your health and your well-being moving forward or you're missing so much, and it all comes back to affecting your business. You and I have good friends that I won't name names that have left business. They're out of business now. They're young guys that have literally said, I'm putting all of my business ventures on hold. I won't name names. You know who I'm talking about. You know mm -hmm. the group of people I'm talking about. Very mm -hmm. successful people making millions of dollars a year that are fighting this fight right now for truth and for transparency and for freedom because they said, listen, what good is business and marketing if I'm about to lose my freedom? If I'm about to lose my freedom of choice and if, about, and if I'm about to have just about anything that can help me and my family get censored, what am I really getting up and working for every day? So that's the fight they've chosen to fight. These are the nonprofits they're choosing to start. These are the podcasts and TV shows they're choosing to get their voices out there on, in some cases TV shows, to make this information readily available so that you can actually make a good decision so that you can enjoy a fruitful, fun, profitable business for decades to come. Because like you said, Aaron, if your freedom and if democracy gets chipped away at, eventually your business will be like an expensive job because you'll be taxed to the gills and you'll be restricted to the gills and there'll be regulation to the gills. That's not why we're in business. 
So this stuff has to be known and it has to be looked at and you have to plan for the future accordingly. And you've got to be super vigilant about where your information is coming from. 99% of the time today, it is coming from radical crooked media and radical crooked politicians and health professionals and health experts that frankly are bought and sold for by big pharma in most cases. And if you are, if that's tough for you to hear, you're going to struggle mightily in the years ahead. And we don't want that for you. This was fun. I've always said, and I'm going to leave off with a real arrogant statement here. I've always said that Donald Trump and, Don and Joe Biden are single-handedly the worst communicators on the planet Earth. They do it in different ways. And if they could just message all of this in a way that unites and educates and communicates with some empathy, we wouldn't have this divide. And frankly, we wouldn't even have that big of a COVID crisis. I agree. It's terrible. But listen, I want to leave with, with, with uh, on a good note. So as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, we veered off. We talked about the importance of understanding what's going on around you from a economic standpoint, from a health standpoint, from a taxation standpoint, from a media messaging standpoint, because it all loops back to your business. It all loops back to how you show up and perform every day, because the more armed you are with education, the better decisions you can make for yourself and your business long term. And I always say that the less information you have and the less research you do, the less options you have in your business and the worst economic decisions you make for the business. So when we work with really high-end smart business owners, they're very well-read, well-researched and very independent, balanced, you know, non-narcissistic, non-biased, non-bought and sold by a political party, grounded. And they tend to be the most successful because they don't get too pulled in either direction, I guess is the best way to, to, to say. Would you agree? 100%. Got anything else you want to leave off on or you, or you think I handled it? <laughs> I think you handled it. I think we should tell people uh, where they can go listen to other episodes that have nothing to do with what we talked about today. <laughs> listen, it's funny, Aaron. Last thing I'll say is, is when we veer off from traditional sales and marketing type content in our episodes, I get the most feedback because our production manager always comes to me and she goes, Andrew, you know that last episode you did that had nothing to do with sales, but like you were talking about how people should get unstuck and you guys were talking about all the things you do. She's like, they blow us up. They want more of that. Well, that's the personal development side of stuff that has to be part of everything, right? So yeah, it's we're going to we're gonna veer off a, a little bit and we're going to get into some topics that, that I don't even think they're controversial, but even if they're, I don't care because the more well-rounded your information is, the better you're going to perform in business. So we'll veer off once in a while because we have, we're very well connected. I'm going to leave it at that. We are extremely well connected business-wise, politically, worldwide. We see things that most people don't see. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because we're three decades in this game of sales, marketing, business ownership, and entrepreneurship. And we even have ties to what's going on politically in certain parts of the world. So we're going to curate some of the very best decision-making information that can only help you have a better life and build a better business. But we'll be back next week with the original topic of the day, which, which was the three pillars of all successful businesses. We call it the three pillars of every business that has a high-functioning sales machine in it. We, we not by design veered off into the free, into the, 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 the freedom category here today, but we'll be back with uh, another episode of 
some high-end sales and marketing advice next week. All past episodes of Sales Velocity TV and radio are at salesvelocitytv.com. If you like to watch us live, because we're just those entertaining guys that they talk about when we when we begin the show, Facebook Live every, every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern on the Sales Velocity Public TV Facebook page. That's Aaron. I'm Andrew. See you next time. Hope you enjoyed this one. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.